0: So, upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand me downs with bold, beautiful, long lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER.
1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you might make something by hand that you'd ordinarily buy and why you might organize a take-my-stuff party. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, and Elizabeth, I think we would have to confess that we don't often make anything by hand unless it's something that we're typing together. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I have—I don't think I've ever made anything in my life.
1: <laughs> well, well, we'll inspire you to get started. That's all about to change. That's all about to change. But first, an update before we jump in. In episode 169, we talked about the try this at home of the strategy to stop talking. And we heard from many people about examples where they found that this was really a helpful approach.
0: Yes. Um, Caroline said, I bought a shirt at a chain store that was some distance away only to later realize that the security tag was left on. So I took the shirt to a store from the same chain that was closer to my house I didn't have my receipt, figuring they could look up my purchase with my credit card. I was told that I needed my paper receipt. I decided to just stop talking and wait a few minutes. The clerk just picked up the shirt and took off the security tag and handed it back
1: to me. Done. Uh, Megan writes, as a business owner, often I'm on the phone with a prospective client and I have to give my pricing. In the past, I found myself practically apologizing and negotiating my price even before they've had time to respond. Now I say my price with the most confident voice I can muster and then follow up with, how does that fit into your budget? And then I'm quiet. I found that my client is honestly responsive. Sometimes they'll respond with, great, that's right in our budget. Other times they'll admit that it's more than they'd expected to spend. Then I'm able to see if there's a creative way to get closer to their budget without compromising my value. Mm.
0: And then Holly said, I had a repairman who moved my fridge and scratched my wood floors. It is my usual way to say it's okay and let the person off the hook. But I decided to stop talking and let him talk. He admitted he hadn't followed protocol and it was completely his fault. They are sending someone to fix it. If I had kept talking, I would have told him it wasn't a big deal and he would have let me think that.
1: Ah. Yeah. Mm. Stop talking so someone else is talking. And finally, we got this note from Linda. Linda wrote, I was taught to stop talking when volunteering for my church years ago. People would sign up to do a volunteer job. It was my job to call people to tell them that it was their turn. My mentor taught me to state that they had signed up to do a job and briefly provide details, then stop talking.
0: Mm. So it seems like this advice really works, Gretchen. I just find it's very hard to remember to it's, stop talking. <laughs> yes. Several yes. times since we discussed this, I have, after the fact, said, oh, why didn't I just stop talking?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe it's one of these so, things you have, to, you have to keep it in mind for a while and then before it starts actually influencing your actions. But it's a first step to just even have the thought later um,
0: yeah, I think I need to write stop talking in a Sharpie on the palm of my hand <laughs> yeah. um, because it's, I'm having a hard time implementing this even though I want to.
1: Yeah, no, I know a lot of things. It's just it's easier said than done. You know, it's a good idea. It's just hard to follow through. Um, now, listen, this one, this is a very concrete try this at home more than stop talking. Our try this at home tip is a terrific idea that comes from our listener, Anna Maria, and her idea is to make something you would ordinarily buy.
0: Yes, she writes, it can be anything from a birthday card or a good cup of coffee to a hand-knit sweater or a piece of furniture. I found that making something by hand reveals both how capable we are and how much skill is involved in making something well.
1: Well, I think this is a great idea because if if it's something that you would ordinarily buy, it's something that you need or want. And if you make it by hand, then you're so much more engaged with it. I, I, you know, like a piece of furniture is very uh, demanding, but a birthday card is something mm-hmm. that I could do. Like with stickers and magic markers and a piece of paper, even I can make a birthday card.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there is a satisfaction, I think. Like yeah. she's saying that it makes you realize how capable you are. I feel like Adam has been going through this ah. um, because he just sort of decided he was sick of paying people to do all these things around the house. And yeah. then he wanted to do them himself. And I was like, really? I, I don't know how you would do any of these things. Um, but he is really taken on all these projects. And I can tell that he's really enjoying it, even if it's hard at the time. For instance, you were in town when he was building Jack's um basketball hoop, yeah it was driving was him like crazy a huge thing and <laughs> it was like incredibly heavy and it, it was it was problematic but he kept at it and kept at it and he built it himself and jack saw him building it himself which also has value of jack seeing us do things or seeing adam do things yeah not me um and i could just tell he felt really good about himself for having accomplished that
1: yeah do you remember Elizabeth when we were little? You might have you might be too you might have been too little to remember it. But when we were really young, Dad took a class at Sears about how to do kind of minor plumbing and electrical repairs. Like I remember, he learned to install a dimmer switch. I was like, Oh my mm. gosh, you can do a dimmer switch! You know. And he <laughs> yeah. had a book called The Furniture Doctor that explained how to do some things. And I think it really was something where there's a satisfaction in just doing it yourself. Like and with YouTube now, you know, all this stuff is. There's a lot of things people can do or make or create because there's all these resources that will help guide them through it.
0: Yes. It's funny, um, Gretchen, because now Adam, I say, is one of those men who tinkers in the garage. Really? I never thought he would be. (laughs) Yes. Um, So there is, I mean, he even made his own work table. Well, he put it together. I count that as making it. So he's (laughs) becoming a person who makes things.
1: Oh, that's so cool. But, you know, I think, I mean, back to Anna Maria's point, um, there is something about manual occupations, you know, whether it's, it's, fixing things or gardening or woodworking or cooking or, or you know, taking care of a pet or knitting, anything like that. There's something about the physical motion, the tangibility of the accomplishments. There's the pleasure mm. of the tools, the the delight of the materials. And I found this with making photo albums because in the old days mm. I used to make photo albums and I would like actually, I didn't make like scrapbooks and do all the fancy things that some people do, but I would take a, an actual photograph and paste mm-hmm. it into an actual book and now when I do it, I do it on Shutterfly and it's like click, 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 click. And it's it's creative in a way. It's no less creative than it was before. But it feels so much like what I usually do that it isn't satisfying mm-hmm. in that manual way, in that making things by hand way. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes things can be creative, like you're editing a video, but it it's not tangible or it's not physical the way it is if you do something literally by hand.
0: Yeah, and I think there's something also about just accomplishing something that you don't know if you can accomplish. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, like my friend, Jessica likes to take on tasks. Yeah, um, and she decided to make this crazy cake. It's the momofuku milk bar birthday cake. Wow. And it's this really amazing, beautiful, very, um, sort of, particular looking cake. And it's kind of confetti
1: like it's sort of full of colors and rainbows and sprinkles looking. It's yes, crazy.
0: yes, totally. And she was saying they actually put the recipe on their website because they're like, no one's going to be crazy enough <laughs> to make this cake themselves. They will only buy it from us because this cake is so hard to make. Yeah. But that just made her want to make it. So she made it, and she said it was just incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Um, now, I don't think she's made it since, Right. but um, for that one day, she had made the cake instead of buying it from the milk bar.
1: Well, I mean, it's this thing where a lot of times people want to slow down or enjoy the process, and you're not just running into a bakery and picking up a cake and you know putting the box in the backseat of your car. It's like you're taking your time, you're making it happen, you're seeing it evolve, and there's something really satisfying to that. And I remember I got an idea in my head that I wanted this special kind of calendar. I wanted a calendar where there would be every day of the year. And then I would write underneath on a particular year if there was like an important date. Like January 9th is the day Jamie's hepatitis C was cured. And so Mm -hmm. if I would look on that date, I would see all the interesting or important things that had happened on January 9th over my whole whole life. But I didn't. I was like, I need to make this because I don't think this exists. And so I like bought a book and went through it. And I literally made this thing, or right, like this is the date the the fix got picked up for Elizabeth. Mm. Or, um, and it's really satisfying to use it because it's like, oh, I made this thing just out of like a blank notebook.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You are kind of handy, Gretchen. I mean, you used to make those pomander balls. Yes, yes. Though I know like- I.
1: I I discovered when I was um, recording Happier at Home that it's pomander. Oh, pomander. Also tumult. Two words that Mm -hmm. I've been mispronouncing. Yeah. No, I did make pomander balls where you stick the cloves and the apples. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do very, very low level. Things. Um,
0: you like to do things that I guess don't require a lot of like skip. thinking, but it's more of a just a, a, a meditative.
1: Let's just say I tried and failed ne- needlepoint a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I need something very easy, but there's, but you can still do something easy. I'm going to make birthday cards. I have to be honest, Scratch,
0: I don't see myself making anything, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm going to support others making things. I'll support Adam doing things by hand.
1: Okay, that's right. You'll hand him things. You you will facilitate making things by hand. Um, well, maybe. <laughs> well, let us know if you do try this at home, or if you don't, like Elizabeth, and how making something by hand that you would ordinarily buy works for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast.gretchenrubin.com. At or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode, 174. So go to happiercast.com slash 174 for anything related to this episode, including a picture of that crazy cake.
0: <laughs>
1: Coming up, we've got a party hack. But first, a spray. Post your job for free at
0: linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: So, Elizabeth, I love this hack because it's related to clearing clutter, which, of course, Mm. is one of my favorite topics in the world. And this is a really great idea about how to clear clutter.
0: Yes. um, It comes from Liz, another Liz. Mm -hmm. She suggests... Have a take my stuff party two weeks before you move. At this party, you can let your friends come over and take whatever you are getting rid of that isn't worth the trouble to sell. I made watermelon agua frescas and enjoyed seeing friends and having them come take away our things. Whatever is left over, you can take to goodwill.
1: Well, I think this is a great idea, and I think you could do it after any major clutter clearing. You don't have to wait until you move, um, though moving would be an especially good time, because it's just a great way to get friends together and put things in the right hands. Because, like, maybe you're not going to use that rice cooker, but for a friend it would be, like, the biggest score of the year to get this wonderful free rice cooker or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, and what I also love about it, if you are moving, is that it's sort of a goodbye to your place. You know, it's like the last gathering, yeah. So it just sort of kills two birds in one stone with one stone.
1: Right. Well, yeah, it's a great reason to get people together. And also, I think with this kind of context, people aren't going to expect it to be like some kind of elegant right. thing. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to have a garage sale. So I'm having you guys come over. You know, type thing. It, right. it, it, it strikes a very casual, carefree, happy note.
0: Yes, and instead of a painting party where you're asking people to come do something
1: for you, this way
0: you're actually giving them things, so they'll be more likely to show up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've heard of people doing this with clothes, like a bunch of people bringing their clothes that they think Mm. are good quality, but that they don't want. And then people kind of pick and choose and then they give everything else away. But I think this is a good idea, too, where it's just a way of really, you know, one of the aims of Clearing Clutter is to get things into the hands of people who will use and appreciate them. Because a lot of times something's perfectly good. It's just not like you're just not using it. I'm just not using it. But if we rearranged it in the world, then those... Possessions would live a long and happy and useful life with somebody who can use them
0: Yes, you're and you're more likely to give something away if you know someone's actually going to use it.
1: Absolutely That's a great way to really get yourself to go deep into clutter is if you think like well But somebody else could really use this a lot So why do not I let them use it instead of just having it here on this top shelf of my closet where frankly I? Haven't used it in three years Yeah.
0: Yeah, And then if you have some item that you think, you know, is valuable and nobody wants it, then you're like, okay, I can let this go. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So thank you, Liz, for that amazing happiness hack. Yes. we
1: love it. Yes. And I'd love to hear other people have done something like that along Mm -hmm. those lines because it's so fun to read about those stories. Alyssa, this week, our Know Yourself Better question comes from a listener lindsay who was passing along a great question that she'd heard lindsay writes i was recently talking to a patient when she complained about her most recent trip with her friends she said she believes it's important to know when making plans whether you are more driven by the event or by the company it's very simple but it's not as obvious as you may think for example you can make plans to go see a movie with a friend one person may really want to see that movie But the other person may just want to spend time together. It's important to know the distinction. My patient said that she is event-driven. So in this scenario, when her friend tried to change the plans, she became very annoyed. I think Mm, this is a great distinction. interesting.
0: Yes. And I think there really are those people. Like you can kind of look through the people in your life and know who's event-driven and who's company-driven.
1: Right. Well, And I think maybe, I think probably I'm a mix of both. Um, depending on the Mm. situation, but you're right. Like whether it's your general temperament or in a particular situation, I think it's helpful to know how are you viewing this plan with this other person?
0: Yeah. And it's like all things, I feel like so much of what we talk about Gretchen is just how to understand someone else's point of view (laughs) to, even if you're not avoiding conflict, you're understanding where it's coming from. Right. And this is one of those things where you can go, okay, He really wanted to go to that museum. And so to change the plan is very irritating, you know, and if you really understand that person's point of view, then you can at least get why they're acting the way they're acting.
1: Right. Because it's easy to say something like, well, everybody just should be flexible. And I don't understand why you're being so rigid. And like, what does it matter as long as we're spending time together? And you're like, well, but in this situation, the person was being event driven. So it's so that was an important thing that you're just viewing in a different way. And I think another reason that it's useful to know this is, like, if you can tell in a situation, you should let the person make the plans who cares the most about the event. Mm. So, like, for me, I don't care that much about food. For me, going out mm-hmm. to dinner with, the, with friends or having lunch with somebody is really all about the company. I really don't care, unless it's a cuisine that I really don't like. I don't really care. So I'm like, you pick the restaurant. If you care where mm-hmm. we go, I'm happy to go wherever you go, wherever you want, because it's just not something that's important to me. I'm... When it comes to, like, making those kinds of plans, I'm super company driven. So I should just let others drive that decision if they want to.
0: Yeah, I also do think it's nice if there is an event you really care about to find someone else that also cares about that event to go with you. You know, for instance, one event I really want to do at some point is see the Countess Luann from the New York Housewives do her cabaret act. yeah. And I have been searching for the person to take with me to that. Right. Um, And I found a mom in Jack's class who also said she really wants to see it. So next time she's in town, I'll know that's the person that I'm going to see if she'll go because that's an event-driven thing for me. Right. And, you know, I want someone who's really going to enjoy that event.
1: No, that's a great point because you don't want somebody who's like, oh, let's leave at the intermission or somebody who wants to chat throughout or or somebody who, like, the minute you get out wants to talk about other things. You're like, we just had this experience. Like, now we're going to dissect it for an hour. That's part of the fun. You're right. So I think Lindsay's point is it's very helpful because um, it does make a difference. They're both valid reasons for making plans, but they just might not always line up exactly.
0: Yes. Always good to know why you're doing things and why other people are doing things, <laughs> more importantly.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, Lindsay. And now for a listener question. Oh, we're hearing from so many listeners this episode. As always, you can leave us a voicemail question at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. Or you can email us a voicemail at podcast at
0: Yeah, Gretchen, in episode 167, we did a deep dive into the season of stress. And this week's listener, Michael, had a related question. He said, I am a theater director and currently the assistant director on a large Broadway musical opening at the end of this month. Similar to Elizabeth's description of pilot season, when I'm working on a musical, especially during tech and previews, There are frequently 14-hour days, no days off, and constant calls and emails to respond to. Especially during the final days before the press begins to review the show, my schedule can leave little time for things like friends, family, eating healthy, and exercise. I love my job and find these intense periods to be some of the most invigorating of my career. I have a wonderful support system that understands the demands of my job and my passion for my work. I still find, however, that every time one of these intense periods ends, I sink into what the theater business calls the post show blues. Mm. After a few days of rest and relaxation, I find myself feeling bored and restless, longing for the days I was constantly busy. As a freelancer, I also deal with the anxiety of when my next project will materialize and move my career forward. I'm wondering if Elizabeth has any advice on how to best cope with the days following a season of sacrifice. What are some methods for coping with the aftershock of working so intensely to suddenly almost not at all? I'm so grateful to be living out my dream and working on Broadway and would love to spend the days and weeks after opening night feeling accomplishment and gratitude rather than boredom and anxiety." What a great question.
1: What a great question. Because I think for a lot of people, no matter what kind of job you're in or what kind of life you have, there are these feelings of like enormous buildup and intensity and it just swallows Mm -hmm. up everything. And then this letdown period where kind of the adrenaline fuel comes to an end. And also, also one of the things I think that's hard about um, the kind of situation Michael's describing is what I find is when I'm in a situation like that, it's kind of like an emergency. And so so I just like Mm -hmm. let everything slide. And so then when it's over, not only do you have the letdown of not being in this kind of high intensity thing, but it's all the stuff that you put off with great relief, like make a dentist appointment or I need to do this or I need to catch up on my emails. That emergency feeling gives you that reprieve, but then it all comes crashing back. So you feel, you know, it's just like, oh, all this stuff that you have to do.
0: Yes. I mean, I think one thing that can be really helpful is to make plans when you're in that crazy period. Just make plans of things you're going to do when it's done. So you feel like you have planned activities that hopefully are things you want to do. Yeah. Fun things. Yeah. So, you're not just waking up in the morning and like, you know, turning on the TV and saying, okay, now I'm just sitting here. You actually have stuff you do, you are going to do.
1: Right. Well, and my, my, to that point, maybe one thing that Michael needs is structure because it sounds like he goes mm-hmm. from like a very, very structured, demanding situation to one where there's like lots of, lots of freedom, which for some people is very exciting. But then some people really need structure and to feel kind of comfortable moving through their day. So, that's something to think about. Like, do you want to somehow figure out how to impose certain kinds of structures on that post-show period.
0: Yeah, and one thing that interests me is he says that as a freelancer, he deals with the anxiety of when his next project will materialize and move his career forward. And I was remembering on Happier in Hollywood in episode 51, we talked to Sheila Melody, who is the co-owner of Informed Fitness L.A., and she talked about working on the business while others are working in the business. And what's interesting to me is that, like, when Michael's in one of these intense periods, it sounds like he's working in the business, right? right? He's doing the work. But during these downtimes, that's when he could work on his business, uh, which might mean, like, setting up networking lunches, going yeah. to see other shows, meet, you know, uh, yeah. Meeting choreographers, like doing things that are sort of at a, a more macro level. Right. For his career, because he has no time to do any of that when he's actually doing the job.
1: Right. But those other parts are important. Right. And so, yeah. So instead yeah. of seeing like I have an on period and an off period, it's like in this way, I'm focusing in the business. This way I'm focusing on the business. So it also feels like there's a lot happening and it's very productive and creative. And Elizabeth, you know, I think along those lines, one thing is listening to podcasts about people who are starting businesses or freelancing, Mm -hmm. um, I think can give you ideas if he's looking for things to do during that downtime. Podcasts like Side Hustle School or Startup, um, Mm -hmm. like like when I listen to it, I'm like, I should do this, I should do that. You know, it gives you ideas for how to kind of expand and grow and keep your connection. And I'm sure there's a lot of uh, industry-specific podcasts for him, as well as those general ones about just like managing yourself as a freelance person.
0: Yeah. And he sounds like he has the personality of someone who really enjoys work. Yeah. So he's just not going to like a lot of quote unquote free time. Yeah. So he needs to feel like he's still involved in his career, even when he's off.
1: Right. That he's being productive and yeah, uh, yeah ambitious and like, yeah, so you're right. It's like thinking about how this period also serves his big goals and then maybe the anxiety will drop because it's like, oh, this is also a fruitful time. It's not a downtime. Yes. Excellent. Well, this is such an but interesting question. He does question. need
0: to go to the dentist, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. That's such an interesting question. And uh, like in something about the season of stress, like the post season of stress is also uh, a stumbling block.
0: Yes. Coming up, I give myself a college reunion related happiness to merit. But first, this break this show is sponsored by better help we all carry around different stressors big and small and when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down Gretchen, when I started my career, therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good
1: job. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/gretchenrubin today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/gretchenrubin. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills.
0: Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier.
1: Elizabeth, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and this is your episode for a demerit. So,
0: Gretch, you recently talked about going to your college reunion. I also recently had a college reunion, and I ultimately did not go. Mm. That's not my demerit. My demerit is not for the fact that I didn't go because I had good reasons not to go. My demerit is that I spent hours and hours and days agonizing over the decision of whether or not to go it was like all I thought about in every free second I had for days on end and it was just such a time suck and it was like I would wake up in the middle of the night should I go should I not go and every Uh. time I would make the decision okay I'm going because here's the problem. I had two really compelling things. I yeah. had the college reunion on one hand, which I, in terms of work, I, I could have gone, because I had like a down time right then. But for Jack, it's the end of the year, and he had his um, big sort of second grade presentation, which he really wanted me to be at. Mm-hmm. And Adam would have been there. You know, and at the end of the day, would it have been that big a deal for me to miss it? Who knows? Probably not. But he really wanted me to be there and I really wanted to see it. But hey, I really want my college reunion only comes around every so often. And that's important too. And I just kept going back and forth and back and forth. And it was just like the, this crazy vortex of indecision.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, and then we talk about sort of this idea of choose the bigger life. But Mm -hmm. here it's like they're both the bigger life. This is one of those things, situations where two key values are in conflict in a very specific way. And I can just imagine when you opened up your calendar and you looked to see the date, your heart just Mm. sank when you were like, oh, my gosh, it could not be worse. They are literally same day. There's no compromise You just have to pick one and choose the bigger life. They're both the bigger life. Um, Yes. Yeah.
0: So ultimately, I decided that, you know, I am going into a period of intense work where I'm going to be gone a lot. I'm not going to be home probably a lot of nights. I might be working weekends. So I decided, you know what? I can be here for Jack now. Of course, he's always my ultimate priority. So I just decided... I'm going to have to let the college reunion go. I'll go to the next one. Knowing that I might not be there for Jack, you know, at some point in the upcoming months, let me be there for him now and have this time. And I'm glad I made the decision I made. Once I fully made it and committed, I felt great.
1: Right. But I guess that's the demerit part of it is not trying to make that decision early and then just being yes. trying to achieve peace with it it's allowing the kind of the internal debate to drag on so that it was draining to you um,
0: yes yeah And I kept asking other people's opinions, but at the end of the day, only I could make this decision. So it was useless to ask other people. It was just like, I was trying to give someone to give me permission to do something. I don't even know what, because I kept agonizing over what I even wanted to do. So it's just a reminder to just try to make decisions and not sit there and agonize. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the agony
0: is agony. (laughs) Yes. Um, but what about you, Gretch? What's your gold star this week?
1: Uh, well, I want to give a gold star to my daughter, Eliza. Um, she has this new thing she's doing on Instagram. And, Eliza, you and I are both kind of intrigued and puzzled, and we're on Instagram, and we're always trying to mm-hmm. up our Instagram game. Eliza- mm-hmm. Eliza's way ahead of us. She totally understands Instagram in a way that I do not. <laughs> but in episode 89 of her podcast, which is called Eliza Starting at 16, um, she told the story of how she she had started this folder on her phone of photos that she had taken of herself when she just liked how she looked, what, what she was wearing or something about it. And she said that having this folder h- was helping her to see herself in a more positive light because she could just look at it whenever she wanted, sort of a mm-hmm. boost. And so she decided to start a page on Instagram for her kind of teen, 20-something crowd of listeners where people could send her their photos and then she'd post to this uh, Times I Liked Me is the name of it. So you can search for the account Times I Liked Me. And if you'd like to send her a photo to include, you can DM or tag her. And so if you're in that stage of life or you know people in that stage of life, you could let them know about uh, times I liked me because I do think it's it's a very nice idea. I think she's trying to spread this method of kind of self-boosting when you need it to help other people as well. And I think that's really admirable and interesting.
0: Yeah, I love she's just trying to a lot of people her age are just constantly criticizing themselves and yes. their appearance. Yes. So it's great to go the other direction and yeah. say, hey, I look good. I like yeah. how I look.
1: I like me. Um,
0: It's a, yeah, it's a really nice thing. And I'm loving seeing all of these pictures of people.
1: Yeah, it's super fun. It's super fun. So gold star to Eliza. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Make something by hand that you would ordinarily buy. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And if you have a suggestion for something that Elizabeth should make by hand, (laughs) let her know. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Maybe a s'more. on your fire pit. Yeah.
0: Thank you to our producer, Odelia Rubin. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Kristen Meinzer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And as always, if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review us. And as promised, Back in episode 171, our fearless producer, Odelia, explained how Mm. to subscribe, rate, and review on iPhone. And now Lauren is going to come on to explain how you can subscribe, rate, and review on Stitcher, uh, which you might be using on Android or iPhone. Hey, Lauren.
2: Hi, Gretchen. How's it going?
1: It's good. Thank you for joining us from D.C. to explain how to use Stitcher. Mm.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: So Lauren works with the tech team at Panoply. So tell us how to subscribe, rate, and review if we are using Stitcher on whatever kind of phone we have.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The thing I love about the Stitcher app is that all of your listeners can use it, whether they're using an Android phone, an iPhone, an iPad, or even their web browser. But specifically, let's focus on Android phones today. You can actually download the app by going to the Google Play Store, which is an icon of a rainbow arrow. You'll be asked to either sign in or create a Gmail account and then you'll be brought to the main menu. Once there, you can just click the magnifying glass in the top right corner, search for Stitcher, push the app icon and install. Does that make sense so far?
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Cool. So once you've installed the Stitcher app, you simply open it and you'll be prompted to sign in or create an account. The nice thing is that if listeners already have a Facebook or a Google account, they can use that to log in, or you can simply use an email address. Once you've logged into Stitcher, you'll be taken to a selection screen, where again, in the top right corner, you'll see a search bar. All listeners have to do is click that search bar, type in happier with Gretchen Rubin, and the show tile will appear. Once you click the show tile, there will be a blue plus sign And if you select that plus you're now subscribed to happier
0: wow okay and that's all free
2: yes the stitcher app is completely free if listeners find that that's not the app they're looking for there are a variety of others that they can find but the stitcher app is really intuitive and completely free
1: and then so that's how you subscribe how do you rate and review on stitcher
2: so stitcher actually doesn't have a rate and review function like other apps do they do it based on favorites. So once a listener subscribes to the app, it is saved to their favorites. And Stitcher actually does a ranking system primarily based on plays within the app. Ooh.
1: Mm. Ooh, so you're like, you're showing what your favorites are by what you're actually doing.
2: Exactly. So Ah. the best thing listeners can do is subscribe to your show by pushing that plus sign and then just tuning in every week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, as one does, of course um (laughs) excellent so is that it
2: that's it for the stitcher app one other thing that listeners might be interested in if they have any home speakers like an amazon alexa or a google home they may not know that you can actually tell those players to just play happier with gretchen rubin and those are formatted to begin playing the podcasts as well
1: excellent it's like magic
2: it is magic.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Lauren. That's Thanks, so helpful. Lauren. Of course. Take
2: care. Thanks so much.
0: That's so helpful, Gretch. Yeah. I feel like I know so much
1: more. Now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.